Oh, I didn't see you there. Well, I can't see you there because I'm through the, I'm through your audio. I'm in your ears. I'm in your care. I'm in your, your remote stereo, your Bluetooth speaker. It, it, it's the 21st century and here I am. Come through you. Coming through you. That went a bit skewed actually. But welcome. Welcome to the show. And we've got an interesting show for you. It's going to be double thumbs up. And it's true. It's very true. We've got heaps, heaps to discuss. They're not even new things. They're just things that I'm finding out. But how have you been? You can answer if you want. It's okay. It's okay to talk to me through your stereo. It's not weird because I'm sitting here talking to me and I'm having a good time. So it's okay if you do want to answer back and say, I'm good. I am good because I know you're good because it's 2021. Everyone's got new outlooks, new hopes, new adventures, new things they're starting. I'm a bit amped up. I've had uh, I've had some coffee, so I'm, I'm ready to go. I am ready for the show. If you don't know, then here we go because I'm rhyming without necessarily having the timing to be rhyming. Rhyming with rhyming. I'll stop. Sorry, guys. Um, but I do, I do want to talk about some stuff. I want to talk about some music stuff and how the musical influence over a lot of things. Uh, I want to talk about this interesting little subgenre I've found, which is uh, it's 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 strange. Um, I talked about may, maybe a while ago. I talked about how Billy Billy Eilish Billy Eilash was. Um, she did. She's created this genre called pop goth. It's like gothic, kind of. Um, you know, she looks very like uh, creates these gothic characters and these gothic kind of lyrics, but it's over like a poppy beat. So kind of, I guess it's pop goth. And I found this, um, I was, I was just on Spotify, shout out Spotify. They, um, they let me put this stuff on their platform. So, you know, thanks Spotify, but I was on Spotify and they do like a recommended artist or, uh, things you should, listen to or you might want to listen to like playlists and stuff like that and uh i i got onto this um this playlist called uh i can't remember i think it was like um uh, pop pop edge or something like that and it had all this like weird pop music and i was listening to it and i i found a few artists the, the genre is called goth surrealism, I think. I've, I've done a little bit of research into it. I tried I tried to do more research into it, but the characters that are in some of the people that are, like, doing the music, like, visually, they, they scare me a little bit. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you see it for the first time, it just startles you for a little bit, which is cool, you know. I, I'm, I'm happy to stare at it and... And listen to it and listen to their music because the music's like pretty good if you like um got no not even goth music if you like pop music or like a little bit of heavy metal pop um it's actually quite easy to listen to as you know if, and if and then if you listen to the lyrics it um that's when you start to see the um kind of gothic nature of the lyrics i guess but anyway i i started looking into I've always, uh, there, there's one artist that's like not very mainstream, but is a mainstream kind of um, uh, this 
goth pop surrealism cat, um, genre is a Grimes, Elon Musk's wife, Grimes, or I don't know if they're husband and wife, but the mother of their son, Asher. I don't, I think it's called Asher. I think it's pronounced Asher. It was, a, it was the, the child that had the, it looked like a mathematical equation, but it was actually Nordic symbols or something. Anyway, Grimes has always been really weird in a good way though. And um, yeah, I've, I've been listening to a lot of her music and I've always really liked her music. I, I like the fact that it's kind of that weird techno, but there's poppy lyrics and it's, yeah, it's cool. I like Grimes. Uh, so, so I started listening to her a lot more now. And I found this other artist, Georgia Twin, who's from the UK and she does some cool stuff as well. She's into the um, the pop kind of gothic kind of thing, similar to like Billie Eilish, but um, a little bit more. No, they're, they're kind of they're kind of the same. I wouldn't say as big as Billie Billie Eilish. Uh, definitely not as big, but like really really good, solid solid um, songwriting and the beats. I love a good beat. I'm a sucker for a beat. It could be like the he- it could be like a heavy metal Slayer song, but as long as there's like a cool, consistent beat in it, I'll probably listen to it. You know, I try to stay as open as I can when it comes to music. I just like beats, you know. I don't, I don't like Kanye all that much as a person, personally, but I, I like his beats. He's got really, really good beats, and he like writes some really cool music, interesting music as well, like. Uh, anyway, I won't go on a tangent on Kanye because I'm pretty sure I dedicated a whole half an hour to Kanye, so I won't do that just yet. I mean, I'll, I'll go back and do it sometime. But I found this other uh, cool artist called Jasmine Bean, J-A-Z-M-I-N-B-E-A-N. Now, go go and look her up. Or oh, She's non-binary, actually, so she's a they. Sorry, I apologize, Jasmine Bean. If you're ever going to listen to this, I apologize. Um, they, I think is the correct term. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But, um, they do some really cool music. I, I really, I really like it, but, um, they do like scary makeup and it's like Barbie doll setting, but like, nightmare before Christmas stuff. Like it's really, it's really cool. It's intense. Uh, she, uh, sorry, they, excuse me. They actually scare me a little bit. Like it, I'm just not used to seeing it. I don't think so. Yeah. So thank you for broadening my horizons. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy with that. I'm happy to learn more about music and learn uh, heaps and heaps of like artists. I love listening to new music and new artists and seeing like new, new, um, just new music and a new way, a, a way to reinvent the musical wheel. Like, yeah, I really like old music as well. I think I spend a, a lot of my time listening to a lot of stuff from, like Tennessee, Ernie Ford, and like the Andrew sisters, even like Danny Kay and stuff like that, and Jerry Lee Lewis and, and Dino. Dino is my favorite. Oh, oh, Dino. I, lo- I love Dino. Um, he's definitely my favorite crooner. I used to like Sinatra a lot, but Dino 
somehow just felt like more relatable to me. Yeah, oddly enough. <laughs> it's strange how someone who was popular in the uh, 50s, 60s and 70s can be relatable to a man born in the in the 90s. You know, I felt like I had more in common with uh, Dean Martin than Frank Sinatra. Um, but yeah, uh, I love Dino. Uh, yeah, so I really like listening to new music. I just started listening to... Um, this guy called CC Adcock, he's like, he does this like Southern, where's he from? Louisiana. So it's like bluesy kind of rock, you know, like it's, it's really cool. It's more than like your four bar basic blues, you know, like, um, RL Burnside or, uh, who's the other, who's, who's the other guy? Lead Belly. You know, he's, yeah, Lead Belly's cool as well though. That's like the really old blues but still really cool to listen to uh anyway this cd ad adcock guy is just he does some cool cool music lafayette lafayette louisiana bowl that's like probably the best louisiana i can do louisiana's hard because it's got like that french new orleans new orleans kind of southern accent yeah it's it's really hard i I'll probably need to practice i'll tell you what i'll practice it then the next episode, I will do it, right? So it's not the first time that I've come across goth surrealism either. There was this band in uh, the early 2000s and kind of mid-2000s called, um, uh, what were they called? Mindless Self-Indulgence. Now, one of my friends got me onto it uh, when I was back in high school. And I didn't think much of them. I liked the beat, you know, the beats were cool. But then I, I started listening to them more when I was in my um, late teens. And it was just like so ahead of its time, eh? Like the way they structured a song and the way they had their breakdowns and even lyrically, it was so, so, so ahead of their time, eh? It was so strange to hear a, a band like that, you know? And then... Uh, a lot of these artists that I'm looking at now, like that kind of like that goth surrealism kind of genre, they were much like this mindless self-indulgence. It's all in the title too. It's like mindless self-indulgence. I'm mindlessly self-indulging in myself. You know, it's actually like this project here. It's actually like my, my mindless self-indulgence. <laughs> um, but really cool music, eh? Really, really cool. Crazy but cool. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're just, um, I think the best thing about it was, or not even the best thing. What am I trying to say? The, um, it's good that it would have been better if they had created, or maybe they did create that genre. I couldn't tell you cause I don't know the full history or discography of mindless self-indulgence, but, it would have been great if they weren't just tied into like goth rock or like emo punk. You know what I mean? Because they definitely weren't. They were definitely more of like, a, they were like a self-aware band. You know, they knew how weird they were and they just happily accepted it. Much like Kurt Cobain just accepted that he was, had the, had his personality. You know, he was just a weirdo and he was happy to be weird. Yeah, I think there was an interview of um, when it was, 
Kurt Cobain toured or like Nirvana toured with all these bands and people would people said, oh, Kurt Cobain is just happy to sit there and not be a part of like the whole social thing, which is, um, I don't think it's a foreign thing for an artist. I mean, I'm quite happy to, not that I'm like an artist or really good at playing anything. I can play guitar, but I can't play guitar as well as like David Grohl or like Pink. <laughs> you know, I can play a guitar as well as, um, as well as, you know, I'm a campfire guitar player. So yeah, I'm not even a good guitar player. I'm just an okay guitar player. But I just want to share my thoughts. That was like the important message is like, you should go check out um, the genre of music called goth surrealism because that I feel it's almost like the future of where music goes, you know, like now that Billie Eilish has like cracked, cracked the ice, it feels like we can all go there. And I haven't even heard a lot of Billie, Billie Eilish's music. I, I, I like it. I didn't like it at, at the start because I thought lyrically it was just really basic. But then I listened to the beats and listened to the kind of stories she was telling and um, more or less on board. I'm not going to sit there and listen to a whole album, I don't think. I don't think I'm there yet. But um, I, I get on the bus late sometimes. Like with social media, I think Facebook's been around for more than 10 years easily. I got on the bus four years ago, three years ago. So um, I'm definitely always late to the party. It's like my facial hair. Like beards will stop being cool by the time I grow a beard. And that's where I'll start listening to Billie Eilish when she's not as popular as she is now. Maybe, probably not. I'll still listen to it, you know. I still like, yeah, I still like to listen to it a lot of songs. But go check out C.C. Adcock as well because his band, the Lafayette Marquez or something like that, like it's cool, it's cool. It's really cool, like blues. There's another, um, there's another cool guy that does like cool southern, kind of like folk indie. Is like a guy called David Rawlings. He's there. He does some cool music as well. And um, who's another guy? Paul Cawthon. If you don't follow Paul Cawthon on Instagram, you definitely should because he is a cool dude. Not only has he got this awesome voice he's just a funny dude he's a funny dude on instagram you know you follow i I like watch his stories and he's got he does some he does some funny stuff he's just a funny dude you know like he's just got one of those personalities that he's just so likable and you can laugh with him and that kind of stuff so yeah and he does really good music he just did a um a cover of unchained melody melody with that uh all wells if you don't know all wells I think it's all wells he wears like the leather face kind of mask with like the chains on it he's weird dude but he, he sings really well yeah which is cool hang on i'll just have a sip of coffee so i speak faster because that's what that's what i notice I, I speak really fast not really sometimes i speak really so hang on excuse me can't get a word in stefan just chill out i know i'm just trying to get out a lot of words yeah i know but you're taking the fo focus away from what you're speaking about when you speak this fast. You just need to relax. Okay. Okay. Criticism taken on board. That silence right there. That was um, me realizing I just had an open conversation with myself, but that's okay. Um, so my, um, my son has been really into Jurassic Park as of late. 
which is cool. But, you know, um, I'm all right with it. He's got all, you know, the, the, the dinosaurs and um, he's got all the dinosaurs and he's, like, got a couple of the human characters as well. So, like, they can all play Jurassic Park together. Excuse me. Hang on. Sorry. Um, so they can all play along together and they can recreate the movie because that's what he does. You know, he recreates the movies while he's watching the movie, which, like, my, my wife and I don't really understand because when we were younger, we would just watch the movie and then when we're playing, we would reenact the movie, you know, when we're playing. Not that we grew up together and we played Spider-Man together. <laughs> you know, we grew up in different towns. But um, that's what more or less we did. We waited till after the film to, like, play because I guess our parents and guardians would make us sit there, watch the movie, not say anything or laugh when prompted to laugh, I guess. But he's just, like, jump on the lounge, you know, pretending he's a T-Rex. He once spent a whole afternoon screaming like a velociraptor. It was probably the most uncomfortable noise I ever heard. I won't do it because he's kicking around here somewhere. He'll probably hear it and think that I'm trying to be a raptor or something. I don't know what goes through a five-year-old's head. Um, anyway, uh, what, what it brings me around to is... Um, the music side of things and John Williams score of the original Steven Spielberg Jurassic Park and how influential it is and how we're listening to it today in the car because you want to listen to music from Jurassic Park and at like that is it called a crescendo when the music like rises with the beat like everything gets really uplifting is that called a crescendo I don't know um Anyway, it like the music. The music's like it's like the like really triumphant, and I can just picture Sam Neil getting out of the jeep and looking at the dinosaurs for the very first time. You know, like he's can see them for the very first time, and I literally got goosebumps. <laughs> I was just I was driving, listening to it. And I was like, it feels like I'm experiencing that moment again. And like the power of that score and how recognizable that score is across the entire world. You know, like if you played that theme anywhere in the world, people would recognize it as Jurassic Park. You know, that's the power of it. You know, that's the great thing. It's great to see those things in popular culture as well. It's like when people um, use that... Uh, what's a Tarantino movie, Kill Bill. They use um, To Battle Without Humanity, that that song. The they use that as like the theme song for one of the characters. And then you see it in like Captain America and then you've seen it in like Transformers as well. Like there's all these like throwbacks to how like Quentin Tarantino like changed pop culture you know he's a part of our popular culture which is awesome as well you know like props to him tarantino you're the man because you've just like put your you've just like changed the way we see like pop culture things by like the way you film and the way you write and the way you like inject music into um into things and it's amazing how like influential that became as well especially like the way he writes characters and the way he gives these characters like these cool 
like profiles. Like they've got these cool characteristics where um, it's like it's it's like a character out of a out of a comic book, you know. And he's got his own like page and he poses. It's like where they do uh, Till Schreiger's character in Inglorious Bastards, and it like um, it comes up with his name and he's like shooting shooting the machine gun or whatever and it comes up with his name and it has like that um that really intimidating music and you can see from then on how how influential that is in like other other films you know like there's that Takeshi Mike film um Sukiyaki Western Django which does a similar thing you know and it came out in maybe oh oh six and Tarantino's in that he produced I think I've spoken about it before but um as like yeah he hit the way he writes characters as well that he gives them like this larger than life appeal like these characters um they need their own they need like when they do like their cool pose or whatever it comes up with their name and then they've got their own theme music you know uh, another guy that does it really well but you can see that it's influenced with like a lot of Tarantino films is Guy Ritchie and um I love Guy Ritchie films. I think probably would have to say lot oh, oh I would say it's out of rock and roller or snatch or even lockstock. Oh, they're so good. They're such good movies. Those those three, those like British crime kind of capers like they're they're really really good films i think i like i like them all i like them all i can't pick a favorite i'm not gonna force myself to pick a favorite because they're so they're so quotable as well like a lot of like especially snatch as well like uh, that brick top character like he's so far out and there's no one like him but that's what makes it more and more appealing is that there's no one like that character and even um the, the chef out of lock stock and two smoking barrels you know he's just such this unhinged chef <laughs> you know it, and, and you really see it play out well and even um like one two gerald butler's character yeah actually another another cool thing in like guy Ritchie films is his soundtracks are so cool as well much like tarantino's um songs like you hear an artist or you hear a song that was in those films. Like I heard um, Waiting for a Train by Flash in the Pan on the on the radio and all I could picture was like Thandy, Th- Th- is it Thandy Newton? Thandy Newton. Thandy Newton and Gerald Butler's character just like doing that weird dance <laughs> in that like house party where she's like doing the cool, cool dance and he's like trying to like cut in and like get with her oh it's awesome mate it's like that and that's like such a pulp fiction moment as well with like john travolta and uma thurman doing the um doing the dance at the uh um what's the place called uh jackrabbit slims doing the doing the 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 jackrabbit slims twist contest there you go that's really pushing me tarantino knowledge remember in that place and um even the what's the the other cool thing in that where she does uma thurman does the she says don't be a 
and like draws a square with the fingers. That's cool as well. That's like such a Madonna Vogue kind of reference as well. Like that's cool. Um, oh, who's he? There's like the Russian dude in Snatch as well. That's like like Boris, bulletproof Boris or something like that. <laughs> he just like never dies. That's awesome as well. Uh, it's amazing how like a lot of those songs that you hear resonate through pop culture. I'll use another example as well. Do, do you remember the start of Pulp Fiction? Now really flick back the mind and think of the very first song in Pulp Fiction. Right? Now you can pause it and Google it and just, you can tell me, you can yell it at me while I tell you. It's Me So Lou by Dick Dale and the Daylets, right? And it's that awesome song. You know, it's that real cool surfy, awesome song. And that like plays out the whole that like sets the whole bar and the standard and the tempo for the whole film, you know, like every scene, like whether there's action or just even the, the, um, what I'm failing to do, the, <laughs> the, the speaking, you know, what's the, the, the writing, the speaking, the, the way they speak, the characters, the way they speak, you know, it sets the whole tone of the whole picture. So, you know, you see that and you hear that song and you're like, whoa, this is a movie. I am in a movie and I am listening to it and I'm seeing it. You know, you, you feel it, you feel it. And then Black Eyed Peas did that song called Pump It and they took the sample from that Me So Lou song. And I've had so many people over my many, many moons on this earth say, that like me, Sir Lou is not the original and it absolutely <laughs> does my head in. Like when I think of that, me, that, that song, I do not think of the black eyed peas. I think of Tim Roth robbing a diner. That's what I think of. And I think of John Travolta as Vincent Vega waiting for pop tarts <laughs> while he waits for Bruce Willis, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I think of when I think of, um, uh, when I think of me, Lou, you know, I think of Samuel Jackson's legendary wallet. You know, I don't think of will I am kicking a soccer ball in a car park. <laughs> that's not something that comes to mind when I think about me, Lou. What would be the most recognizable theme from a from cinema? I would have to say, since you asked, I would have to say it is probably a coin toss between Star Wars, the there would be be a three sided coin toss between. Star Wars, the the Imperial March, excuse me, or the the actual main theme, or the Simpsons. I would say, I would say, the Simpsons is one of the, if not the most recognizable theme song in the world. That's a bold claim, I know, but I reckon it's got potential to be the most recognizable tune for sure for sure i mean you can't i guess a whole 
nation of people have just been watching The Simpsons since. Oh, I would guess I would say it has been permanently on TV, pay per view, or normal TV since the nineties. I would say. Yeah, I would say. What's that? Thirty years? Thirty years? It's been on the air. Hundred percent. They would almost be. They'd be higher than thirty seasons. I couldn't tell you exactly. Not that I'm going to look it up, but yeah, I would say The Simpsons is probably the most recognizable thing. And it's amazing how the, um, it's amazing how it it is so recognizable and how influential that show is and how, I guess it comes back to how pop culture influences The Simpsons as well. Like they create shows based around uh, popular culture, like I'm sure they've done robocop (laughs) i'm confident they've done a robocop episode they actually did that whole like a whole series of um not a whole series a whole episode of um outro no oh maybe they just did one they did one like the raven edgar Allan poe's novel uh edgar Allan poe's poem they did a they did like a segment about that and that's not even popular culture i guess that's popular culture in like halloween world i guess i'm not too sure but um yeah should we tell some short stories should we tell a couple of stories i've got a story for you right so i was working at this one place and sometimes when you when you're working at a at any establishment, this is go for any establishment. There's always like a boss or a manager or someone that's not really in your team, but is a part of the company. And they're just, they're just too hands on, right? They're just like, they always get, they always get in on things, even though they don't really have that much experience in it. They always just jump in and give it a crack and, try and tell you how to do your job. And it's a common theme in hospitality. A lot of people think because they can cook at home, that means they can cook commercially. You know what I mean? Like just because you can make mashed potato at home doesn't mean you can make mashed potato for 600 people. All right, I'm sorry. Sometimes it can. Sometimes you can translate those skills into commercial cookery, like cutting an onion, for example. Uh, When you're at home, you don't, you cut the onion much slower than how you would need to cook it, cut it if it was your actual job, you know, like you're not going to spend three hours writing two sentences, you know, you're going to take less time, the less time it it takes, the the more you can get done, similar to how you would cut an onion. At home, it doesn't matter how long it takes your roast to cook, you know, but in the kitchen or commercially, it matters how long that roast is going to take. So you need to cram in as much time as you can. Anyway, I, I was working at this place and the this one guy, he was just so hands-on, but for all the wrong reasons, you know, like he would come over, you'd be getting railed. When you get railed, it means your docket rail is full. So when it's full, you're getting railed. That's where that comes from. Well, that's where I like to think it comes from. No one said that to me, but that's what I think. I think the term railed, when you're getting railed, means the docket rail is full <laughs> and there's nowhere the dockets are derailing off the rail because there's no room to put the dockets. So when you hear that, I've actually had dreams where I've heard a docket machine 
and it plagues me in the night. I'll be, I'll be sitting there or standing there and I would just hear at home, in the supermarket, wherever. You, you get like this weird, it just becomes the normal. You just always hear docker machines, you know, and you, you know you're at a busy restaurant when all you can hear through the kitchen is this docker machine. <laughs> and the longer the docker machine goes for, the longer the order generally is. So when it goes, it stops. It stops. You know, that's when you know you got a lot of short orders in that kitchen. Um, and you can see, you can visually see if, if there's an open plan kitchen, you can see how many dockets are up and how many are there. And you can kind of go, oh, they are busy. You know, let's, let's wait. But um, anyway, so I, I have nightmares about this stupid docker machines which you know it's a it's a necessary evil i guess but um so i'm working this place i'm getting railed um i was on like a pan section so it was a a place where you would cook um like fish like we did fish in the pan um pastas uh risottos uh any uh i think we had like a it was like a, a citrus beurre blanc uh kind of seafood uh, creamy sauce thing and um, I would do the veg as well so any veg that would get boiled and then sauteed in the pan and I would give it to the past chef or I would plate it myself and get it on the past right so I'd be, <laughs> I'd be getting railed and this guy he'd just come out of nowhere and he'd be like alright wh- what do you need wh- where do you need me guys and we'd all be like no nah, it's okay like we don't need you uh, it's alright and he'd go no nah, step aside I'm coming on I'm coming on the hotline and he comes in and he's, you know, he's in like, he's not dressed as a chef. You know, he doesn't have the chef jacket on or the chef pants or the chef shoes. He's just got Joe Blow clothes on. And uh, he jumps on and he's like, all right, here, here we go. What, what do you need? And he grabs two fry pans and he's flipping about like a, like a lunatic. And he's like, oh, what do you need? Here's the trick, all right? So when you got oil in your pan, you put your onions in. And you let them dance. You let them dance in the pan. Little tango, a little bit of tango. No waltzing. It's got to be quick. It's got to be done quick. You let them dance. Let them dance, and you let it settle. Then you come back to it, and you know you come back to the pan. And you put the prawns in or whatever you're putting in there. All right, you let it dance. You let it dance again, and then you put the you put the wine in. Boom, fire. You let it dance. You let it dance. You let it do its tango. Then you then you sit. You back off. You let it you let it sit. You let it stand. And then you put the cream in, and you got to get it high high heat. And then you, you let it all get up, get up all the fire in there. And, you know, you let it go, you let it go. You're letting it dance. you got to let the pants dance. That's what you always say. So when I'm getting railed, I, I like to think of that moment of um, when I, whenever I'm on a pants section or I'm in a fry pan, I often think of this guy and I go, what do you need? <laughs> what do you need from me, guys? I'm letting them dance. Let, <laughs> letting the pants dance. And I've never heard anyone call or talk about a fry pan describing it i've heard like saute stew fry high heat low heat <laughs> i've never heard anyone say let, let the pan dance <laughs> i mean I don't, I don't even think uh uh bobby flay had let his pans dance <laughs> anyway i thought i'd share that with you if that's a um you know, there's always, but there's always that one guy, you know, there's always that one guy or that one person that just interjects. You know, I worked at another place or it might've been the same place. Um, I can't remember now. Anyway, I was making pizzas <laughs> and this guy, I made the pizza specific to how the photo was. It was one of those places where it had photos of the food 
before it was cooked. So everyone, it sounds a bit stupid, but it's so everyone can look at the photo and then look at their pizza and match up what's wrong. It's like when you play the game, um, one of these things is not like the other one. You know, and it's you got to pick the two pictures that look exactly alike, and there's four other pictures that don't look like it. That's what your pizzas look like. Um, they look, they you try to match them up, right? You try and find the pair. And he would always come over and criticize how I made the pizzas. I was like, oh, I'm just doing them how how the how the chef wants me to do them, and how they look on the picture. I was like, no, no, mate. Nah, I'll do the same voice because I can't remember how the guy spoke. But he's like, nah, mate. No, nah, you got to... The way you do it is how I do it. Because I'm an influence in this establishment, you've got to do it how I do it. I worked at Eagle Boys. I was the best pizza maker at Eagle Boys at the time. Yeah, even still this day, I reckon I could go there and just smash it out. You know, that's how good I was. I was so good that I was going to do a franchise. But then, you know, I thought, you know, I'm better than that. I can take these pizzas everywhere. I can show chefs. I can show chefs how to make pizzas. Maybe he wasn't that egotistic. Maybe I'm like ad living a little bit. But but anyway, he would always say, no, don't do it how the chef does it. Don't do it how the guy I hired to cook. Don't do it how he does the pizzas. Do the pizzas how I do the pizzas. Because that's how the pizzas have to look like, mate. All right? That's how they got to look. I think the worst thing about hospitality is how people... Just, uh, I don't know, for any if for any reason, they just like to talk down to you. And it's if you don't have the right temperament for hospitality, you'll never, you'll never get past that. You'll never be able to look past people belittling you and talking down to you because it's just when you, you know, the saying is true, you put your heart and soul on the plate, you know? So when you're cooking, you put everything you've got on the plate. You know, you, you wear your heart on your sleeve in the kitchen. You know, anything anyone ever says to you, whether it's positive or negative, you take it to heart. For better or worse, you always take it to heart, you know, and you can either grow from the experience or you can continue to see it as not a positive. And the, the things that I've learned in cooking is that you have to take them, you, you don't take L's. It's like some people like to say, you don't take L's. There's no losses, there's lessons, you know, that's like, that's the main thing and one of the only things that you should be learning as a human race and as a person is that you don't take losses. You take lessons. You learn from all these experiences and you accumulate all the lessons and turn them into wins, right? Because we all win. We all win one way or the other, but we can't lose. When you start to lose things, you start to lose sight of what you're actually trying to win. Does that make sense? Am I getting getting somewhere? Maybe. Maybe I'm just talking so much stuff. Um, it doesn't make sense. But maybe it does make sense. I think it makes sense. But, you know, I'm happy to try and make it. Make sense. So I'm trying to drink my coffee. Hang on. I think that's a that's a that's the biggest thing. I like to hear stories about um, how. <laughs> I, I like to hear how people talk to other people in hospitality as well. It's very interesting to me how most, or I won't say most, but some people just still choose to like belittle staff and talk down to staff. I, I honestly feel that sometimes some people do need a good talking to, and that's what kind of corrects, you know, resets the whole plateau. But I think 
you can't continually do that. I once watched a chef tell an apprentice to pick up his tea towel. <laughs> I, I kid you not, I witnessed it. I was standing there thinking, this guy seriously wants his, this guy to pick up his tea towel. You got him kidding me. You know, but ah, sure enough. <laughs> The guy bent down there, picked up his teacup. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. No worries, chef. I could, I could do that, chef. Yeah. There's always that apprentice too that like loves... I guess because as a head chef, you're a role model. And some young kids take that to the extreme of where this is a guy that's going to teach me everything about life. He's got the secret. I'm, you know, he's like the sensei. I'll learn everything I need to know about cooking from this one guy, which is... A thousand percent false. You can't learn everything from one person. You know, you just you just cannot. You know, you can't. The guys under me can't learn everything from me. You know, there's got to be some point where they start to have to learn themselves. But there's always that one guy that's just like, oh, he's he's my dad. I don't see another way. I'm either his husband or he's my dad. He is he is my almighty. He is my religion. I, 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 I would do anything for him. I, anything. Anything. I would pick up his shoes. I would wash his car. I would ta- I would take his girlfriend to dinner if he asked me to. I, w- I would do it. Chef, chef, yes. Yes. And now it's time for everyone's favourite part. Now that we've swapped a few short stories, it's the shameless plug part. Ha <laughs> ha! If honestly, if you do like this show and the content on the show, please, I won't say please, 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 but you can leave a five star review, uh, preferably a positive one. You give us five stars and give me a negative review. Just give me five stars and a positive review on iTunes or Google or wherever else i'll put the link in the description of where this else is available you know if you can like and subscribe this on uh on spotify or, or anywhere where you can listen to podcasts i'm generally on all platforms now i am multi-platforming i am everywhere i'm just not on youtube because i don't know how to do the camera stuff yet but that's a future project i'm hoping to do this do it uh, uh this year hopefully we'll see how we go but you can also Follow it on Instagram and follow follow the page on there. It's My Mind Podcast with no vowels. So M Y M Y M N D P D C S T. You can follow that on Instagram. You can like that page. You can tell me what you're feeling. You can tell me if you've had a boss that likes to come in and tell you that pans dance. Or you can tell me what a more recognizable song is. Or you can tell me that uh, uh, Jasmine Bean is a cool artist. You don't have to. Or you can always send your inquiries to mymindpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. That's all done. I save all the plugs, the shameless bit for the end. So you don't have to listen to me halfway through it talk about all this stuff. So if you miss this bit at the end, well, you won't know where to find me. Anyway, have a good day. Thank you. <laughs>